Banks and financial institutions are driven to grow, not only in terms of income, but also the service they bring to their customers. But today's digital world is also a dangerous world, and the bad guys are everywhere. How can banks balance the demands of keeping customers happy and secure? To find out, we'll be talking with David Vergara, Director of Security and Product Marketing at OneSpan. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Streamline your user experience and accelerate the online application process. In today's business landscape, consumers expect their digital transactions to be quick and convenient. Experian Instant Form Fill reduces the amount of manual entry by up to 76%, providing consumers with a frictionless and secure way to fill out applications. Visit edq.com to learn more. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Wonderful to have you here with us. And today, live from our studios in Chicago, we have David Vergara. David is the Director of Security Product Marketing at OneSpan. He has more than 10 years' experience in the software security space. Prior to OneSpan, he was Vice President of Marketing for Assertify, an American Express company, where he led go-to-market strategy for their online fraud detection solution. And David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, there are many challenges facing the financial services industry today. What do you see as some of those challenges, especially in terms of customer acquisition and retention? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think time and time again, what we see is consistent themes from our customers and the marketplace is, as you pointed out, it's the digital. It's going full digital, right? enabling the digital transformation. And that's across all the different channels that the banks and FIs play in. So that includes mobile, of course, online, which they've been doing for years. That's really the first thing is supporting that digital transformation. I think the higher level theme is really around trust. It gets thrown around a lot. We see that in the industry. It's this cliche, but really it's about securing the people, the devices and transactions that are a part of every one of those banking interactions, right? So in many cases, when we're talking about retention or providing the right experience, that begins with how do the banks and FIs roll out the right types of technologies, platforms, and services that will enable trust without causing undue friction for the end user. And of course, that piggybacks right into user experience. When we talk about user experience, a lot of people also talk about frictionless or removing friction completely from the equation. We actually see that that's not entirely the case because what many customers look for is the right level of security for the specific scenario that they're in. So for example, if my normal behavior is to go online and conduct a transaction from my home in Chicago and the normal amount that I'm transferring, say, to my sister every month is $200 because I'm a great brother. Thanks, bro. <laughs> and now I'm traveling in Moscow, right? And now I'm trying to move $500. Well, that's a change in my normal pattern. And I would actually expect that my bank is going to provide some elevated level of security 
because I've strayed from my normal behavioral pattern. In that case, some friction is expected and actually appreciated by the bank customers because it gives them a warm and fuzzy that, hey, my bank is looking out for me. They know something's different and they're protecting my information. Oh, precisely. You must be reading from my diary. I just got back from Paris. And before I went there, I called my bank and said, I'm going to be changing locations. I just want you to know because if you spot transactions from overseas, I'm sure you're going to flag them, which is something I really appreciate. And their reply to that was, yes, absolutely. That's what we would do. Exactly. Now, when we move on to growth initiatives, which organizations do you see as having the right idea in terms of that roadmap? Just starting with the consumer-centric companies out there, companies like Amazon, what are these guys doing well? I would say in this realm, it really is a consistent theme about supporting anytime, anywhere, any way that customers want to do business, those types of transactions. And that holds equally well within banking and financial services. And I think at every touch point or every interaction that's being conducted is really to optimize that customer experience. So you're creating these elated kind of customer experiences at every transaction or intersection with the bank services that are being provided. So in many of those cases, we talk about different channels, right? So banks have been doing business online for a long time, almost forever. And now it seems like they're getting their hands around what I'll call a bit of the Wild West, which is the mobile channel, right? In that case, it's about supporting, again, any type of interaction that the customer wants to have through that channel, whether that's onboarding, setting up new accounts and services, doing a simple balance check. It's meeting those customer expectations regardless of channel. But there is that tension between growth, serving the customers, obviously, and the potential for fraud exposure. What do you see as critical? What I would say is line of sight or visibility into channels that they may not have the right level of visibility into. So for example, online, like I said, goes historically a long ways back, and I think they feel comfortable with the amount of information and the security around their online applications. But mobile is very different. So I think visibility to the threats and vulnerabilities in the mobile channel, and that I would include is the applications that are running on the devices, but also the integrity of the device itself. Has the mobile device been you know, jailbroken or rooted? Is there any malware on that device? Is it running the most recent operating system? These are all points of vulnerability that exist just within the mobile device itself. And then, of course, you've got the application, the app. So has that been compromised in any way? Is there any vulnerabilities with that? Those are leakage points for data and releasing PII, you know, personal information, and giving cyber criminals and hackers an easy attack vector for monetizing stolen data. So visibility is the first and foremost. Securing those transactions with newer technology, right, that doesn't intrude on the user experience. And so here I would include the ranks of biometric capabilities, which I think more and more are coming about, but they're becoming more sophisticated. Add to that on the mobile app side, runtime application self-protection, because here's a technology now that can wrap itself around the mobile app and completely secure it at the code level so that malware doesn't have an opportunity to peel off sensitive information. Just to round that out, increasing automation and the intelligence in the security and the authentication workflows so that you can introduce more layered security. I think more and more we're seeing that banks are not really singularly pinned to a single security or authentication type. 
they're seeing the advantages of layering security for different scenarios to protect customers' information. Wow, it's a very tall order. It would raise the question of whether community banks and credit unions can actually win in this space. But obviously, there are things that they can do and are doing. Maybe you could outline some of those. Where the community banks, credit unions have some advantages right out of the gate uh, is that it's known via uh, you know surveys and research that comes out that they're they're perceived as more trusted by their customers. So that's something certainly that they can they can leverage in the process. And and of course, just in terms of the the relationship that they have with their customers and the quality of that, uh, we see less turnover um, than you would see in the larger banks. So certainly they're they're capitalizing on this. Um, but I think really for the um, for, for the community banks and the credit unions, this is about kind of a bit of the space race where customers still expect the same kinds of experiences, the same types of, you know, and levels of protecting their PII or personal information as they would with a big bank brand. And I think, I think as part of that, the same holds true in leveraging some of the newer uh, security technologies and authentication technologies uh, so that they have still the right level of experience, but that the credit unions and the community banks are able to still drive down more fraud. Um, so I think it's still uh, not even a balancing act anymore. It's about how can these banks have their cake and eat it too? How do they compete with the big guys? Because we see that millennials are flocking to the bigger bank brands. They need to be able to compete, even though they have a good relationship in the communities uh, and with their existing installed base. They have to figure out how to expand, improve those relationships, and still be able to drive down fraud. Now, as we look ahead overall, there are new tools that can be leveraged, such as open banking technology, a big topic of discussion these days. How will open banking change the U.S. marketplace, and what are the fraud concerns and security opportunities? It's certainly coming our way, right? So in the end, the ability to access data is going to win. Customers are going to have to get comfortable with the fact that more of their data will be out there. I think the open banking has certainly some strong pros, but it's also got some areas to take a look at. So as banks and FIs look at the significance of this, it's going to have to center around really the consistency and strength of the security and authentication that's being used. So as third parties, for example, are collecting information from multiple bank sources and they're aggregating this as part of a service to give more holistic visibility to the consumer, that consumer needs to know that at every touch point that the third parties have the same opportunity to leverage the security measures and technologies that the serving or source banks are using. That's one example. How fast can we move away from static password, right? Moving into multi-factor authentication, moving into the stronger and layered security platforms and technologies that exist out there like adaptive authentication. That's really going to be the name of the game because there was a report done in the UK of 2,000 consumers 69% of those consumers didn't want the bank to share their data with other providers, including retailers and tech firms and social media companies. So I think the first thing is we have to get past the stigma of what does it mean to have your data out there, the significance of it? What's the net positive for consumers so they could see the advantages of it? And then get them comfortable with the fact that it's being secured and it's being secured at both the source of the data through the banks and the third parties all the way through that spectrum, every touch point. And then I think they're going to be more comfortable with leveraging those services. 
Absolutely. The security issues and the growth issues are going to be ongoing. Really fortunate to have your observations and your insights today. David, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Absolutely a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me again, guys. David Vergara is the Director of Security Product Marketing at OneSpan based in Chicago. You can look for David on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, full digital means enabling digital transactions across all channels that banks and financial institutions play in. The end game is to provide the right experience, but with a basis of trust to secure the people, devices, and technologies that surround each and every channel without friction for the end user. You can't remove friction entirely, but to that end, remember, customers understand security is important. Number two, customer-centric companies support anytime, anywhere, anyway transactions. At every touchpoint, customers can be elated with their user experience. But keep in mind that mobile channels are vulnerable to malware and jailbreaks, and the latest operating system updates as well as apps themselves are points of vulnerability for hackers to steal valuable data. And number three, in a high-tech universe, community banks and credit unions can still compete with customer relations and the trust of their procedures. Today, consumers expect more in terms of securing their personal information, so the goal is twofold, to drive down fraud and expand relationships, a particular challenge as millennials pursue the convenience of bigger banks. You spend time and money to acquire new checking account holders, many of which remain inactive due to the inconvenience of moving direct deposits and automatic payments from their previous financial institutions. ClickSwitch enables your account holders to quickly, safely, and securely switch primary accounts to your financial institution. This account holder acquisition technology revolutionizes the way your financial institution can attract and retain new primary account holders by automating, streamlining, and simplifying the process of bringing new account holders on board. Visit clickswitch.com to learn more. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Making the move to an early stage technology company can signal a new stage in one's career, especially when the leap of faith means leaving the corporate confines and comfort of a major player. Here, David Regard discusses how his move from AT&T to the world of endpoint security meant the starting point of a brand new career. Listen. For much of my early career, I was with AT&T, and so I had an opportunity to really get the ropes and rise through the ranks on the sales side of the organization, just having a good experience. The leap of faith was when another colleague of mine who had been working for an early stage, high growth technology company, had started talking to me about this new company he was with. I don't think he intended to sell me on it in the beginning, but the more he talked about it, I became very interested. And I started with a small company called PointSec Mobile Technologies, and they focused on endpoint security. For me, that was an incredible experience because first and foremost, I had an opportunity to wear many different hats, really understand the hustle of an entrepreneurial environment, and see an impact that business and the strategy and the go-to-market 
in a very direct way and see those results very quickly. So that really led me down a path of working with more and more early stage high growth companies. And I've been very fortunate in the sense that all have been on a very good trajectory. We're all bought out and that kept me on a path of security. And now I'm here at OneSpan doing the same. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.